0: The reading this morning is from Matthew 18, verses 21 through 35. Then Peter came and said to him, Lord, if another member of the church sins against me, how often should I forgive? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, Not seven times, but I tell you seventy-seven times. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. When he began the reckoning, one who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. And as he could not pay, his Lord ordered him to be sold together with his wife and children and all his possessions and payment to be made. and pleaded with him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you. But he refused. Then he went and threw him into prison until he could pay the debt. When his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their lord all that had taken place. Then his lord summoned him and said to him, You wicked slave, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not have had mercy on your fellow slave as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his Lord handed him over to be tortured until he would pay his entire debt. So my heavenly Father will also do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother or sister from your heart.
1: This morning, we're faced with this text from Matthew that challenges us to forgive, and not just in any, you know, mamby-pamby way, but to forgive in kind of a radical way. Uh, Jesus is asked by Peter, as uh, our children's story pointed out, uh, how many times do I have to forgive? He's been, I think he and Andrew, he's been keeping score of how many times He's forgiven Andrew for something. Uh, or maybe it's the other way around. I think it's probably Andrew has forgiven Peter many times. Anyway, he's keeping score, and he's probably up around six. And uh, he comes to Jesus and says, Do I have to do it seven times? Of course, Jesus says, No, you have to do it 70 times seven, or it depends. The Greek is a little ambiguous here. Some, some translations... Uh, uh, say 77, or some some of the documents we have say 77. So there's a little disagreement there, depending on, your Bible might say 77 times in it. It doesn't really matter. The point is Jesus is trying to get across here. You must be a forgiving people. And that is particularly uh, important to Matthew's community. Matthew uh, really has concern for the community and how the community functions. And so this, this text really needs to be understood in the context of the communal church relationship, which adds a whole other kind of dimension to it that, that we as a church family really must be forgiving of one another. And, you know, I, I think it gets, forgiveness gets complicated. I get asked, about forgiveness probably as much as anything out there when it comes to our faith. How do I forgive someone? How do I get past this? Or how do I seek forgiveness? How do I, how do I find that redemption uh, from that place? Uh, forgiveness is an important part. It's, it's, a, it's central to our faith as followers of Christ. And what we are told today in this in this story that comes to us from scripture is we are called to forgive because god has lavished so much grace and forgiveness upon us and then and then jesus tells us ridiculous story and it's a ridiculous story because there is a master who has a slave who owes him uh a zillion dollars i mean the the uh, the money that is being described there the word you know i don't i forget how much exactly it was but it was something like uh you know a whole bunch of denarii right it was ridiculous and i got to tell you it's a ridiculous amount of money it's amount of money that you me or bill gates or anybody no one would be able to ever repay it's a zillion dollars you can just call it that it's a zillion dollars it's a ridiculous amount of money he never would have been able to repay it. And uh, and this guy comes to the master and says, will you, you know, uh, and, and he the master demands his money, give me my zillion dollars. And the guy's like, I there's no way, I have no way to pay this money, please. And he begs, have mercy on me. And the master goes even beyond that and says, even beyond what he could have done, he could have said, okay, I'm gonna put you on a little payment plan for you and the next 20 generations of your family, right? You will be paying me back the zillion dollars for, you know, well into your great, great, great grandchildren. He could have done something like that, but no. The master says, you know what? Let's call it even. And, and, and he forgives the debt. And what, this really clues us into what kind of of God we serve, what kind of God we worship, and the nature of forgiveness. What is it exactly? And forgiveness is really taking away the, the debt that is owed as a result of one's actions. And saying, you know what, you, you owe me something, but I'm going to overlook it, and we're going to start over we're going to start on an even footing we're going to start from square one we're going to behave as though that debt was never there that's a pretty tall order in our world to, to be able to say I'm gonna I'm gonna act like that just never happened and we're gonna go from there I think you all know that that in a lot of cases a lot of circumstances that's nigh on impossible to just act like that was never a part of a relationship and you know there's little things to forgive and then there's huge things to forgive and there's a lot of room in between. And what I guess I want to say is that this process of forgiveness is exactly that it's a bit of a process it doesn't always just happen right off the bat. It, and, and we don't always forgive and forget. And I don't know that the Bible implies that we should forget. But it is a do over, it is a starting over point. And one that is saying, you know, I'm not going to hold this against you in our relationship further. Forgiveness is an important key element of our ability to be in relationship with one another. Not just as a community, but, you know, anyone who's married knows that forgiveness is key to any relationship. Amen? That you've got to be able to uh, offer that forgiveness uh, at certain points. And sometimes it's easy, sometimes it's hard. But there's some great things that come out of our ability to forgive others. Uh, One is that, quite frankly, you cannot perpetuate a relationship without forgiveness. If we're not able to forgive each other, it effectively ends our relationship. If I've wronged you, and that's the likely scenario, is that I've wronged you somehow. (laughs) If I've wronged you, and I, and I try to make amends for that. If I come to you and I ask some kind of forgiveness, if I, if I say I'm sorry and I mean it and I'm, and I'm contrite and I really want us to continue to work it out and, and you say no, okay, I'm never going to get past this, you know, I, I cannot forgive you. Our relationship has effectively come to a halt. We're not going to grow more intimate, we're not going to find trust, we're not going to continue uh, to be, we're really not going to continue to be friends. It, It halts the relationship. And I really think that's why this is such a central tenet of our relationship with God through Christ, is because reconciliation between people and between God is really where the rubber hits the road for God through Christ. God is a reconciling God. God is a God who wants to overcome the obstacles of our own sinfulness and say, I do not ever want those things that you do to come between us. So God says, so I'm gonna overlook your shortcomings, your foibles, your your, your mistakes, your deliberate actions that, that that are repugnant. <laughs> I want to overlook those because if I don't, we can't have a relationship. God desperately wants a relationship. And that same principle translates to our relationship as the people of God, as a community. We must be willing to continue, perpetuate the relationship in order to stay together. And there's, there's other benefits of forgiveness as well. I think we all can agree that carrying around a grudge, carrying around the resentments and the harms and the hurts that have been perpetrated on us by other people becomes a pretty heavy weight to lug around. Amen? Amen. A grudge is is so heavy, and it just weighs us down and My experience has been that that if i 'm mad at someone and i 'm carrying it around for for a long time they don 't see they 're not bothered by it it 's only affecting me <laughs> it 's only eating away at me it 's a poison that that tears at my soul it doesn 't really bother them that i 'm that I have a grudge or maybe it does but it's it's tearing away at me and so the the act of forgiveness is a way of putting that burden down taking that weight off of off of your shoulders and laying it at the feet of Christ and saying I'm not going to carry this load anymore forgiveness is a very freeing act I want to, the other, the other thing is, I, I want to get real for a second here and just say, to be honest, I, for, for the most part, I've been the recipient of forgiveness. And so I, you know, my insight into the act of forgiveness really comes from the receiving mercy side of things. And um, it, it gets kind of difficult sometimes to be that person (laughs) to to need to have to, and I'm sure we've all been there it's difficult to go ask for forgiveness and seek it out Uh, you know, I was not always a very nice kid there were some people I was mean to in my teen years Uh, I could be be kind of selfish, self-centered and calculating and mean and I'll tell you what, Facebook was a great invention for, for this kind of thing, because I ran into all these people on Facebook who I owed an apology to. And uh, it, was, it, was, it was a pretty amazing ritual uh, for me to have to conf- you know, kind of confess to people and say, you know, I was mean to you, I did some things, And I, you know, I'm really sorry for that. I'm a different person and, you know, I recognize now the harm I was doing then. And I I, it was amazing how many people could find in their hearts to forgive me. And I'll be honest with you, some of them didn't. And there are people walking around out there who, uh, who think Pastor Curtis is a pretty bad guy. awful person and that's the natural consequences of our actions and it effectively ends the relationships I have with people when they can't forgive me and then there's other instances I know where I've hurt someone's feelings and I have no idea I have no idea you know I mean you all know how I am sometimes I my sense of humor gets away from me and I get You know, I say something and it hurts someone's feelings. Sometimes I don't recognize that I've done that and it becomes this barrier between me until someone says to me, You know what, I'm mad about this thing you did. Or I'm hurt by, uh, you hurt my feelings when you did this thing. And what a gift it is, what a gift it is when you come and say that to me. And I am able to say, Wow, I'm, you're, you know what? You are so right. That was wrong of me. I'm sorry. And I, you know, I don't want that to be what our relationship is like. And it gives me a chance to say I'm sorry and, and beg your forgiveness. And, and maybe we can start over. That's kind of how this needs to work in order for us to be a community. And what a gift it is. When you can offer that forgiveness. When you can say to someone who's been mean or has done something wrong, here's what what happened. Because you need to be honest. You know, forgiveness isn't just pretending like something didn't happen. We need to be honest about the reality of our hurt feelings or something big that's happened to us that has left scars. We need to uh, feel all of the, those things. Uh, there's a, a author named Smeedy who wrote a book called "Forgive and Forget," and it, it's, in it he says we we um, we we heal. We or sorry we we hurt. We heal. Uh, there's a third one. All of a sudden, I don't remember it. But uh, basically, we have to. F- we have to hurt, we have to feel all of those, the results of someone's actions towards us. And only then can we name it. Can we say, you know, this happened to me and it was, you had some part to play in that. And then we can start to heal, then we can start to go through the process of forgiveness. Well, let me talk about the other side of that too, is that Now sometimes when we've been hurt very real ways, I I don't think that God intends for us to continue to get hurt over and over and over again. I don't think what Peter was asking Jesus is, how many times can I hurt someone? How many times can I abuse someone? How many times can I keep doing things that are tearing apart people? How many times can I be the one who's abusive? I think the answer would be very different. Zero. <laughs> Zero times. Uh, you need to stop that. And and I want to say this. I want to caveat this conversation about forgiveness with this idea. Um, there's a different process for you know my hurting your feelings with an inappropriate joke. And someone who 's been the victim of abuse or or some kind of harm as a child or as an adult, that kind of abuse uh, forgiveness looks very different you 're in an abusive situation now, I want to say that I think it 's still an important component of healing, because again, carrying around. Carrying around our frustrations and our, our, uh, uh, our hurts and our resentments and our grudges and all of that, those become very heavy, heavy weights. And forgiveness is a process of kind of letting go of the harm. And when we hang on to them, especially if we've been abused some way, the abuse continues as we continue to hold on to that hurt and hold on to that pain and hold on to that, uh, that resentment, it's as if it was happening over and over and over again in our own minds. We find ourselves in this cycle of continually being abused by the memories. There's something about finding a way to just say, you know what, I'm not going to, not going to let that continue to abuse me. That person was sick, perhaps, probably had nothing to do with me at all. It's their own stuff. It's not about me. It doesn't define me. It doesn't make me who I am. That's that's what forgiveness looks like in that situation. And I will also say that forgiveness in that situation often looks like not being in a relationship with someone we're not allowing that person to continue to abuse us, or abuse yourself, abuse you, and to say, "You know, I'm going to do you the blessing of not being your victim anymore." That's my forget- That's my. That's how I'm extending God's love to you. Is I'm not going to let you abuse me anymore, and hopefully, it'll keep you from being an abusive person. You know. Just because we forgive someone doesn't mean we have to go right back into that relationship again. In fact, in a situation like that, it often looks like we're never going to be in the same room again, ever. Wish you well. I'm getting on with my life. I think I, what we're all realizing here is that this is not a small, easy, bumper sticker kind of thing. That to to both forgive and to seek forgiveness is a complex, personal, intimate thing. And it takes some deliberate, prayerful work. But at the heart of it, at the heart of it, it is a desire to continue to be the community that God has created us to be. At the heart of it, it is to continue to grow in a relationship with a person. It says, I love you enough to start over and try again. And at the heart of it, it is becoming the person you need to be and letting someone else become the person they need to be and being real about the effects of uh, negative relationship. And you really, I don't think radical Christian forgiveness happens without God's Holy Spirit at work. Amen? I'm going to end with a story about Corrie Ten Boom, who was a, uh, she was in a Nazi concentration camp during World War II. She was from from Holland. And um, after getting Liberated from the camp, she really got in touch with this this idea of forgiveness and letting it go. And she, in fact, she went around kind of talking to communities about it. And she went to Germany. She went all over Europe, but she went to Germany and and shared her thoughts on how radically God had put forgiveness in her heart. And at the end of one of her lectures, up walks this guy who uh, is. Uh, in Germany, who said, "You know, thank you so much for for sharing that Jesus uh, offers us forgiveness, no matter what our our sinfulness, is, uh, our sinfulness is." Thank you so much for that. And he reached out his hand, and Cory Tenboom recognized him as one of the guards from her concentration camp. He used to leer at the women as they were hauled in. He was in charge of sending them to the gas chambers. And he did awful, unspeakable things as a Nazi SS guard. He was reaching out his hand, seeking forgiveness from Corey Ten Boom. And in that moment, what she says is that she saw his hand there. And she prayed to Jesus. She said, Jesus, I can't. I can't. I can't do it. I can't. And she looked in her heart and she said, forgive me for not being able to forgive this guy. Forgive me for that. And she records that at that moment she felt this incredible wave of forgiveness that came from God's Holy Spirit that said, I forgive you. I forgive you for not being able to shake this guy's hand and give him the redemption he's seeking. I forgive you for that, that's okay. I am, you know, it's as if God's saying, I understand, Corey, I get where you're coming from. The hard thing. And that wave of forgiveness, she just felt that forgiveness flow over her. And it was something, in that moment, it was that grace that gave her the grace stop in her tracks reach out shake his hand offer him the forgiveness he sought and you know the the story is is a wonderful demonstration of i think how godly forgiveness works we receive it from god it's not something we can do on our own not something we can contrive or stir up it's something that only comes through the grace of God God's grace flowing into us God's grace flowing out of us to everyone we encounter there's a lot more to be said about forgiveness as I said it's a complicated thing uh, we haven't touched on all the problems with it. Justice, evil in the world, those kinds of things. We haven't touched on all the positive effects on it. So this is not the whole of the conversation. It is my prayer that we as a community recognize that, that being able to forgive and seek forgiveness is at the heart of what it means to be a follower of Christ. My prayer is that as you... Go through your faith, seek God's wisdom, God's power. Reconcile with each other the hurt and broken world around us. Let us pray. O loving and gracious God, how wonderful it is to receive your grace. God, how how significant it is to receive grace from each other to know that that even our mistakes and our shortcomings can be transcended by your Holy Spirit's work in our hearts may we seek and struggle to be a forgiving people in our community life in our relationships in our personal life and in the world around us For we know that this is the key to being God's people. We ask this in the name of Christ. Amen.